gospel reading tonight is from Luke 13, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Now he was teaching one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmities for, eight, for infirmity for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands upon her, and immediately she was made straight, and she praised God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his ass from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said this, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. The word of the Lord. What does it mean that she was bent over? Does this phrase describe some long ago developed deformity? Or is it a metaphor for how she was treated? If you do want to explore this phrase further though, a word of caution before you Google, she was bent over. Not a lot of biblical interpretive sites come up. Jesus heals three times on the Sabbath in Luke, always in front of religious leaders and always while in dialogue with them. In the first and the third healings, the men are healed, who are healed seem more like props for Jesus' lessons, for Jesus' teaching these religious leaders about the oppression uh, that strict interpretation of the law can lead to. These men in these other healings don't speak. They don't react to being healed. They are identified only by their infirmity. And then they just disappear. The second of these healings, though, is different. I was seven in 1972 when the Equal Rights Amendment to the Constitution was passed by the House and the Senate and sent to the states for ratification. I know, can you believe it? I'm up here talking about the Equal Rights Amendment. 72, how many of you remember that? And over the next two years, as states began to consider ratification, um, talk of the ERA was everywhere. I first heard about it on the evening news. I watched the evening news every night with my dad, not because I was particularly precocious or a budding news junkie, but because I liked to be with my dad, and I could always find him on the couch at 6 o'clock every night. I would sit down next to him and lean against him, and he would put his arm around me, though never saying anything or taking his eyes from the TV. My mom was always in the kitchen making dinner. I first heard about the ERA from the evening news, but I really kind of learned about it, that it had a life outside of the news from Mrs. Matthew. Mrs. Matthew was our across-the-street neighbor and watched me and my brothers and sister after school until my parents got home from work. One time while I was sitting on the front steps with Mrs. Matthew, because all the other kids were playing frozen tag, and I kept getting frozen, and no one would unfreeze me, so I quit. <laughs> she asked me out of the blue, Russie, which is what people called me then, 
and wasn't as bad as it sounds when you consider it in the context of Mikey and Pammy. She asked me, Russie, what do you think of the ERA? And I answered without too much hesitation that I thought it was undebatable that women should have equal rights with men. It must have been a sentence that I'd heard my dad say or that I'd someone said on the evening news. At that point, though, I was just glad for the attention of an adult. Maybe I felt it put me above those immature kids who would always freeze a guy at the beginning of the game and never unfreeze him. So I said to Mrs. Matthew, well, what do you think of the ERA trying to keep the conversation going? She said, yes, she thought that men and women, of course, should have all the same rights, but what about what people are saying, you know? Think about it, like that it's going to force women to fight in wars, and it'll be a law that men and women will have to use the same bathrooms. Really, I said? That's what people say, Mrs. Matthew said. That seemed like weird and unimaginable to me, and why the government would ever get involved in that, I couldn't fathom. After a long pause, she asked, what do you think about divorce? Now that I had no quip for from the television, from the evening news. It seemed like more of an adult conversation than I really wanted to have. And as I was trying to formulate some kind of answer, she kind of laughed to dismiss the question, and she said, why don't you go play? At that point, I was ready to get back to freeze tag. Over the next year, Mrs. Matthew got her real estate license. That was back in the day when a gold jacket meant something. And her husband, Ed Matthew, ran for state representative. He paid me and my brother Mike 50 cents an hour to help him put up lawn signs. I remember clearly they were red with white writing. Vote for Ed. Stop the ERA. Ed lost. The Matthews got a divorce. First Ed moved out, then Mrs. Matthew sold their house and moved. The presence of a woman could be seen as inconsequential. Jesus heals two men and one woman on the Sabbath. Gender isn't really the point. It's the healing and the schooling Jesus is giving the religious leaders that matters. But I think to overlook the presence of this daughter of Abraham is to join with those who have bent her over. The relative absence of women from the entirety of the biblical narrative is striking. Contemporary Torah scholar Aviva Gottlieb Zorenberg notes that after Genesis, where the women give birth to the Abrahamic dynasty, they almost completely disappear. She claims, however, that the Midrash keeps their presence alive in the biblical unconscious. Women's stories, she says, can be seen then at least at certain critical junctures as the repressed narrative of the biblical text. The Midrash, the writing of the ancient rabbis, retains the traces of their narratives and brings it to the consciousness with marked effects on the manifest level of meaning. So then what is being repressed here in this story? What is being repressed in this narrative of the healing of a daughter of Abraham on the Sabbath? The Equal Rights Amendment to the Constitution of the United States, which was intended to guarantee that equal rights under federal law, state, or local law could not be denied on account of sex. The ERA was originally written in, um, by Alice Paul. In 1972, it passed both houses of Congress. 
but failed to gain ratification before its June 30, 1982 deadline. The Equal Rights Amendment says this, equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. The Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. That's it. The Equal Rights Amendment was first introduced in Congress in 1923. The ERA was reintroduced in every congressional session between 1923 and 1970. It never reached the floor of either the House or the Senate for a vote in all of that time. The Republican Party, though, however, included support of the ERA in its platforms beginning in 1940 and renewed the plank every four years until 1980. The ERA was strongly opposed by the American Federation of Labor and other labor unions who feared the amendment would invalidate protective legislation for women. The ERA was opposed by Eleanor Roosevelt and the New Dealers. The amendment was opposed by most Northern Democrats who aligned themselves with anti-ERA labor unions, and it was supported by most Southern Democrats and most Republicans. The Democratic Party did not become united in favor of the amendment until it passed Congress in 1972. President Nixon immediately endorsed the ratification of the ERA. And the initial uh, pace of state legislative rat ratification was rapid during 1972 and 1973, but the rate slowed considerably the next year. And by 1975, no other states had ratified it. The, the 92nd Congress, in proposing the ERA, had sent, sent a, set a seven-year limit on its ratification. And by the end of its deadline, a total of 35 of the 38 required states had ratified it. And after several extensions, it was declared defeated by the Supreme Court in 1980. The ERA has been reintroduced every year into Congress since 1982 without ever receiving a floor vote. What does it mean that she was bent over? The ancient rabbis linked the phrase bent over with Leah, the wife of Jacob, who was forced by her father to trick Jacob into having sex with her. Jacob wanted her sister, Rachel, and was not pleased with being manipulated. Well, imagine how Leah felt. Rabbi Tanum says, when God sees a person bent over in dejection, he gives him a hand and raises him up. As it is said, the Lord supports all who stumble and makes all who are bent stand straight. When God said that Leah was unloved, he said, how shall I make her beloved of her husband? Now I give her children first so that her husband will love her and thus make her stand straight. But what's the backstory of this daughter of Abraham who Jesus made straight? It seems that it could be significant because when the two men are healed, they disappear from the narrative. But the narrative's author has her immediately stand up straight and begin praising God. Then when Jesus suggests that the men in power maybe should treat her at least as well as they do their donkeys, these men are ashamed. And the entire crowd roars with approval at what he's said and what he's done. Were these men known to this daughter of Abraham? Does this crowd know the backstory? 
Jack Haidt wrote in an article this year in Harper's titled, Sarah Palin, Is Sarah Palin Porn? Saying that she's titillating to both liberals and conservatives, that she's either trailer trash or lad mag fantasy. A recent viral video compares Republican women and Democrat women. It shows Palin, Michelle Bachman, Cindy McCain, and Bo Derek all looking sexy and a little come hither. Then it shows Janet Reno, Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, Michelle Obama looking angry with lips pursed to the tune of Who Let the Dogs Out? What does it mean that she was bent over? I don't know what happened to Mrs. Matthew. I hope she's okay. I don't know what's going to happen to Sarah Palin. I hope she'll be okay. But I do know that there is a daughter of Abraham who was bent over and that God grabbed her hand and raised her up so that she could stand straight and praise God and that the men in power were ashamed to see this but that the whole crowd rejoiced. What's been repressed in these stories? What's been amended? Let's practice equality.